You're listening to Bloomberg Business Week with Carol Masser and Jason Kelly on Bloomberg Radio. Well, Jones Lang LaSalle is a global real estate services company. It buys, builds, occupies, and invests in a variety of assets, and that includes the industrial space, commercial, retail, residential, also hotel real estate. These are all sectors that, as we know, have been hit hard by COVID-19. Sanjay Rishi is CEO of the company's Corporate Solutions Business, joining us uh, on this Monday on the phone from Michigan. Sanjay, Nice to um, have you here with us. Actually, I think we're having a little bit of a technical difficulty, so we're going to redial into uh, his phone line and bring him uh, to you in just a moment. But what's interesting, Jason, I'm looking forward to talking to him because we do know real estate has been impacted in a big, big way. And you hear about uh, businesses, individuals who can't pay their rent. What does that mean for the owners of the business? Because they've got to make mortgage payments. They've got to pay right. taxes. Like There is a whole food chain when it comes to real estate. And we've been having these conversations about how is real estate use, you know, being used going forward. I was reading a story this morning about all these open office spaces, which has right. been the thing to do. I love it. I love working in an open office space, but that's going to be problematic in a post-COVID-19 world. You're smiling. You love it most of the time. I think all of us love it. You mean my little walls I build around me? Yeah, like you build walls of books around (laughs) you, and I'm not going to psychoanalyze you on that. But listen, I mean, I think there's certainly uh, upsides to it, and you you and I both worked at Bloomberg for a long time, so that is the way of the world. There are no private offices anywhere uh, at Bloomberg, and certainly the world has gone the way of open offices. But, you know, I've been talking about uh, that to people, you know, even just here in my neighborhood at a social distance, Um, you know, as I run into them on the streets and things like that. And everybody uh, is rethinking that. So let's kick off the conversation uh, with Sanjay Rishi over at JLL. Sanjay, good to have you with Carol and myself. Oh, thanks, Jason. Hello, Carol. Nice to be with you. Same. And uh, I got to start by asking you, if you had to sum it up, what is the state of commercial real estate uh, at this moment, at this moment of absolute standstill uh, across the world? You know, our clients, and I talk to them every day, every hour, as you can imagine, large corporations across every industry, top of mind for them is what we have started to call the next normal, Mm. because it really isn't a new normal, because the newness will wear off, and this will be with us for a while. And the way we are positioning these conversations and our advice and help to our clients, uh, Jason, is on a continuum across reentry through reimagination. So reentry really is immediately what do I need to do as a corporation in terms of the space and getting it ready, in terms of health and wellness and what do I need to do differently for my people, and then workplace operations. So things like air quality things like elevators, escalators, the maintenance, um, how many people do I allow in, how do I get my workplace ready, and then really how do I have a strategy to plan around people coming in. And real quick on the reimagination, which is the the next normal, uh, we, JLL, have been making tremendous amount of investment in digitization in this domain, uh, investments in technology across talent and so on. And our clients are now you know, looking for our help uh, on how do we get new workplaces, new workspaces yeah. in this world right. uh, really together. Well, and Sanjay, you guys have offices and operations and clients in China, I believe, 
that includes Wuhan, you've got South Korea. I mean, you're global. And I do wonder what lessons we're learning about what life is like coming back there in an office environment or just in general, you know, coming back to certain building environments. Um, what are we learning uh, and what that might give us, you know, you know, clues about what kind of our life will be like here, certainly in the U.S.? Yeah, we are indeed, Carol. So, you know, things like how do we get people into the office uh, and into elevators and onto their floors. So we're, less, we're learning lessons from Asia, like you said, with where a lot of the offices are back. Uh, things like, uh, simple things like having grids in the elevator so people know where to stand and how many people stand in an elevator. Once they get to workspaces and their workplaces, um, immediately what do we need to do to allow social distancing between people? So simple things like marking off cubes in between, and really around a strategy, how do you stagger people? How many people come in at 7 a.m. versus 8 a.m.? Um, how do people exit? So these are all things that have come at us for the first time, and there's a lot of lessons learned, and of course around redesign, et cetera, that we're learning and reapplying. Well, are we going to get to that point where redesign, it's not just this, you know, marking off cubicles and, you know, marking floors six feet apart, social distancing, it's not just temporary? You think this is a longer-term thing? Yeah, our clients are across the board talking about and are very interested in designs, and they're talking about making investments into spaces. Uh, Some of them are talking about using this opportunity to really create a brand that is manifested in their workspaces. Uh, But reality is, for the immediate term, there is either concerns around liquidity or uh, making sure cash and capital is deployed Uh, in a very measured way, but invariably, all of them, many of them are thinking about redesigned spaces, definitely redesigned conference rooms. In the interim, uh, spacing them apart, but really redesigning is on their minds. Well, let's get back into a discussion about commercial real estate. Our guest at this hour is Sanjay Rishi. He is CEO of Corporate Solutions for JLL, joining us on the phone from Michigan. And Sanjay, I want to pick up the conversation by asking you, you know, we hear everyone talking about, and you did a really nice job of describing how the workplace may be different, how people will be socially distanced. And that makes sense. We also know people have gotten accustomed to working from home, and maybe that plays through this. Synthesize that for us and help us understand what is demand likely to look like on the other side of this for commercial real estate? So, Jason, this is a very, as you can imagine, a very current topic of conversation. Yeah, I bet. Coming into the, into the crisis, there were perceptions, there were some studies that said, or at least perceptions, that said you have productivity loss when people work from home. What I'm hearing uh, from a lot of our clients and CEOs of large corporations is everyone has become much more comfortable with the idea. I mean, business is running. People are working from home. So that's a a very rapid and a very interesting and actually, I think, a very lasting change uh, that uh, is going to influence our workplaces. Uh, the, The other side of the coin, though, is social distancing is going to require more square footage, if you will, more space. So the big question is, as you try to achieve this balance between work from home or virtual versus coming into the office, you balance that with the space requirements with social distancing. Do you 
achieve some level of balance. So the, can you do the same with the same square footage uh, as you address these two sort of competing factors uh, is what we are watching and we're, uh, we have produced sort of products and offerings around this to help our clients and advise them around it. And so what do you, I mean, I know it's too early to tell, but, but what's your gut here? How does this net out? I think to some level, everything we're hearing from our clients is there will be work from home, but we're, you know, human beings, we're social animals, and we want to be with other people. And by the way, what uh, you get with creativity and innovation and collaboration and just culture, so what we are hearing and we're also advising our clients is you do want a level of a sense of belonging uh, that is created when you go into the workplace. So it's not all or nothing, uh, but there is going to be a shift and a balance between those two environments is the way we're looking at it. But again, temporary or long-term, is it just a case, you know, until we get a vaccine um, and we have better control of this specific virus, right? And then we know going forward that even with mutations, it's easier to tweak an existing vaccine. I mean, is it just until we get to that point, Sanjay, Sanjay, or is it something longer term that you're talking about? No, I think, Carol, it's a great question. I mean, what we look at is industries that have gotten comfortable. So software development, as an example, mm-hmm. would be an easy one that has gotten comfortable with the idea of working from home for some time. If that is any indication, you would think this will be more lasting than not. But I think, I think this is the question that these, this is, these are uncharted territories that we're walking through and we're learning as we go. Uh, and some of it we will learn as we proceed. But, you know, there is a feeling as we talk to clients that there's going to be some level of shift. How much it is, time will tell. So listen, uh, reading your bio, we know you like outside activities. Um, and there was one line says, you consider high-altitude trekking in the Himalayas as one of your greatest adventures. I can only imagine. I do have a question for you, though. Do we think about you know, how work impacts our environment. I mean, we've got those stories about people in India seeing parts of the Himalayas for the first time in decades, clearer skies, better air that we're breathing. So do we figure out a way to work um, that's lasting, that is better for, let's say, our world at large and for our environment? Or do we pass on this opportunity to do better? Just got about 50 seconds here. Yeah, the hope is that we do the latter, not the former. And just from our business standpoint, in terms of predictive preventive maintenance, air quality, making sure filtration. So those are the kinds of things that we're spending a lot of money and a lot of investments and have over the years, and we're bringing that to bear for our clients, Carol. All right. Well, we're going to leave it there. And uh, a nice note to end on, uh, Sanjay Rishi, the CEO of Corporate Solutions for JLL, joining us from Michigan. I do worry about that, though, because I think about if we stop using mass transportation to the extent that we did, if people don't feel safe, that was a question, you know, that we brought up with Dr. Hockman earlier. And he really said, I mean, that was the one that when you asked that question, he really sort of uh, came up a little short. This is Bloomberg Business Week with Carol Masser and Jason Kelly on Bloomberg Radio. Almost exactly a year ago, Carol, you and I Mm -hmm. were in Los Angeles. We were at the Milken Conference. I was, you know, out and about as we tend to be. And I met this guy, Todd Wadler, co-founder and CEO of Box Union Studio. He joins us on the phone from Lake Tahoe. I got a chance to go and do the workout a little later on in the summer. Uh, so, Todd, is that crazy? That It's almost that, like a year to the day that we were hanging out. 
It is unbelievable. And thank you, Jason. And thank you, Carol, for having me on. Sure, of course. So how much the world has changed is, is pretty dramatic. First of all, let's take a step back. Remind us what Box Union is. Yes. Sure. Box Union is a fitness boxing brand that my co-founder, Felicia Alexander, and I started back in 2017. We have two fitness boxing studios in Los Angeles. And crazy enough, we were about to open our third in, in a couple of weeks when COVID-19 came about. And our view going back was that, um, and was supported by the data, was that the category was really poised for growth if the right offering came by. We felt that what held the category back was a lack of accessibility. I don't know how many boxing gyms you've been in, but for the most part, they could be pretty intimidating. Yeah. So, So we really worked to reinvent uh, the category and reinvent what the offering was from everything we did. And that was whether it was the environmental, which obviously, Jason, you've seen in person. But the, probably the biggest place we spent our time was on the product ex- itself and the workout. So what we created was what we call Box to the Beat, which means everything we do, we do to the rhythm of the music in the room. It gives us nonstop movement. And it, it really makes the workout more fun and more engaging. And as we've taken the business into the digital world, I, and we'll talk about that, I think that's really, really important. So and get last a, thing, wait, yeah. wait, well, and I'm curious, in your move to reinvent and make it less intimidating, has it worked? Like, what's the demos on it versus maybe what a traditional boxing gym might have? Yeah, great question, Carol. So if, when we looked at it and why we got so excited through the data was that Boxing for fitness showed way more men versus female, and it also showed um, an older demo mm. amongst the males. And, it, and you, the two of you who are obviously very involved in the boutique fitness world know that's not what the boutique world right. looks like. Right. So we actually ended up with exactly the opposite of what we saw, wow. and that was what really excited us. And, and part of that was not only the workout, but we really lean heavily into the mind and the mindset. And we think that that plays a critical role in the fitness journey. And boxing sets up really well for that. And we just have the reviews and the the, the emails from the customers to show that, especially in a time like COVID-19 with anxiety at all times. So what does that mean, lean into the mindset? And, you, you know, you're tapping into, you're right, Jason and I are very much into this world. We're very much into mental health as well as physical health. So when you lean into the mindset, what do you, what do you mean specifically? Yeah, so in our, in our classes, we're looking to inspire and motivate you. And part of the way that we're doing that is through our words, mm. getting you to be able to achieve more than you could otherwise do and think about, not in an intimidating way, but in a way of really unlocking that inner fighter. We say it in our classes as find your inner fighter. And it really has helped people deal with some of the things that you deal with in the mind, most notably things like anxiety. And that is combined with, honestly, just punching a bag, which is obviously very safe, but it, there's a release that comes with that. And so we've yeah. been able to really, really tap into that as part, as part of our brand. Let's continue our conversation with Todd Wadler, co-founder, CEO of Box Union Studio, joining us on the phone from Lake Tahoe. All right, Todd, so we set the table with what the workout is, what it feels like in the studio. 
There is no studio at the moment for any of us, uh, including Carol and me, who are talking to you from our respective mm-hmm. homes. We don't even have our own studio to broadcast this radio show. So what does a virtual version of this look like? Great question. So when we – the good news is that, when, that we had always planned to have a digital offering. Mm-hmm. So that is something the team and I were working on all along. Clearly, COVID-19 sped that up for us. And what, we, what you have to make sure when you launch an offering like that is, is that the physical world and the virtual world still need to come together. You can't have two different brands. So we tapped into what we felt were our core competencies as a brand, which is what we discussed. We need to be accessible. We need to be fun. We need to have boxing. And then as we kind of looked at through that lens, we said, what else do people like? Well, they like the live nature of what we're doing. So our platform offers live classes. But how do we extend the brand a little bit to make the offering even broader for more people? And what we did is we came out with what we call as train like a boxer, which means the platform has all the boxing content you're ever going to want from a beginner through an advanced boxer. But as we know, boxers train and any athlete trains in more than just what the sport they're doing. So we have cardio workouts, lots of different hit-based workouts by body part. We have jump rope. We have strength-based workouts with weights and no weights. We have mobility and recovery. You know, look, as we get older, right, it's more it's part of, the, part of the, the battle is just recovering. Right. And then we've also offered, are about to launch our mindset offering which we're really excited. We're bringing a best-selling author who's going to be what I call topical and purposeful meditations. And they're, and they're kind of based on what's going on. So I'll give you a quick example, which is dealing with anxiety dur- during COVID-19. That would be an example of the types of meditations. So we have extended the brand, but kept it rhythm-based and giving the consumer many different ways to work out on our platform and build their community there. Todd, I am curious, too, about the growth that you've seen in digital. It has been amazing. Um, You know, the first, as we launched it, the first step of what we did is we went to our members, and the adoption rate was, was really fantastic. But what I've been, quite frankly, blown away by is how we are on five continents already, and it's not just one person on each continent. It has been unbelievable how fast um, the word has gotten out. And the only way you can do that is word of mouth. Right. Well, that's what I was going to ask you, Todd, is like everybody, you know, I mean, not not to be overly glib, but like everybody's going virtual. You You know, you had Equinox launch their thing. You know, you've got some big players who are going after this. How do you stand out in this type of world? Yep. That's a great question. And. Look, I think any successful online platform will have to have certain key elements. I think the number one thing is you've got to have engaging content. We've spent a lot of time with built-in chat features and elements like that to be able to supply that. You've got to have your mix of live and on-demand. But the most successful ones, and the ones, some of the ones that you're talking about and some of the ones that we'll be launching, you have to develop a strong community. And in order to do that, in my opinion... You really have to have a direct relationship with the customer with a clear point of view. They have to know why you are there and why you exist and why they want to do what you are doing. Hmm. 
And I think the way we've communicated the brand, it's really compelling. The second element I would say is I don't think there's anybody in the fitness boxing world that has compelling, accessible content in boxing. So I think it's a newer category, just like it was in the studio physical location side, in the virtual world as well. And that's what we're seeing, and that's why I think our numbers have been have even amazed us when we've launched this. Now I noticed too that you're also offering some branded at home freestanding heavy bags, right? That so you can actually buy some of the equipment. And I'm I'm crucial. I'm I'm curious, you know, too, Todd, how important that is to kind of helping grow the online digital world. Great, great question. Because one of the things that we all had to deal with is how much room do you have in your home and how many different pieces of equipment can you have? First, with Box Union, you can do this all without a bag. That's number one. We wanted to offer a bag, and we wanted to keep with our accessibility point, so we have multiple price point of bags. The bag sales have been fantastic. I do think what it does do is it probably helps take the experience to the next level, and I believe the customer retention will be higher with people that have bags longer term. But the other thing that we said is, hey, there's an installed base of bags out in people's homes. So we've seen a lot of people, we get photos, videos every day of people working out on an Everlast bag or whatever it might be, sending it to us and taking their bag experience and allowing us to provide the content to make that bag more engaging. So we're excited to offer it and offer the gloves, but we want to keep the price point down for the consumer. I think this is going to be a very difficult time over the next six months to two years for consumers to come up with that capital. And we've seen... Um, you know, we've seen obviously a lot of models come out to help try to help people finance that, but we'll see how that ends. We saw how it ended in 2008 and 2009. Right, right. Um, only about 45 seconds left here, Todd. Financially, you're a small guy. You're also a longtime investment banker. You're one of the founders of Molis. How is the relief going from your perspective in terms of small businesses? Great, great question. So I will say we've applied for our PPP. We are the definition of a small business if there's ever a small business. Here's the issue in my opinion. It's an eight-week loan. It's an eight-week – you have eight weeks to use it once you've been funded. Personally, I think this problem and this issue is going to go much longer than eight weeks. So I think the concern for the small business is if I fund my loan – I have eight weeks, but I don't have a revenue model today. I can't even do anything with it. Right. Second problem is with all the stimulus, a lot of our employees, some of them could be making more money right. through the right. federal component of the unemployment. So we'll see if they, how and when they want to come back. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to continue this conversation in the future. Loved catching up with you, Todd Wilder. Good luck with everything. Say hi to Felicia co-founder, CEO of Box Union Studio, joining us from Lake Tahoe.